So I think it's like a practice of not only gratitude, but awareness to like, how am I going to choose to live today? Am I going to look at the storms? Because there's always storms, little and big. Am I going to focus on what didn't work out? Or I'm going to go, well, that was not what I was planning, but okay, what lesson do I have to learn? Like you said, you know, like what lesson can I learn in this? And how can I use my disruption, my pain, my storm to help another person? Yeah. And so I think it's a practice of living that way every day and living life to the fullest, knowing bad things will come, but also good things and that we can be part of the good thing. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Hi, welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I have a special friend on the show today with a ginormous message that I think is fitting no matter who you are, what your story is, what your path is, what your path is going to be, this is a relevant message. So whether you are a true full-fledged bombshell or you're a bombshell boy listening in and trying to figure out the way of a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business, this show is for you. So let me tell you about our guest and my dear friend of many years, Annie Meehan is a mental wellness expert, certified coach, professional keynote speaker, and award-winning author of seven books, almost eight. Her keynote message from her book, Be the Exception, inspires, educates, and motivates her audience to adopt practical tools to lead more impactful personal and professional lives. Annie has earned her distinction of a certified speaking professional, CSP. I was there. In fact, I'm looking at a picture of us on my cork board of uh, a bunch of us with y'all in your beautiful... Uh, your medallions, and is a Minnesota Hall of Fame speaker. In the corporate arena, Annie's passion is to share her H3 cultures concept to help organizations create hopeful, healthy, and happy workplaces. Another one of her books, The Pineapple Principle, one of my favorites, offers hospitality and a sweet journey to an exceptional customer experience. Annie is a Hurricane Ian survivor and lives on Fort Myers Beach with her husband and two dogs. Annie, officially welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Amber. It's always great to spend time with you and to encourage our listeners. So I love it. Uh, I, I just, I'm bracing myself for what's about to go down because you have quite the story. Can we just start? Cause I remember texting you and I mean, I should probably just pull up the text cause I would just started sobbing. You were locked in a closet for how many hours while you were trying to decide if you were going to die or not? during Hurricane Ian because the storm shifted from Tampa to where you were and you're newer to Florida, not so much anymore, but at the time, like not even a year yet. And here everybody's like, oh, you'll be fine. And so you hunker down and then you find yourself wondering if you're going to live or die. So like, let's just go back there. (laughs) Yeah. 22 hours in that what used to be a laundry room. So it's like a storage closet. Yeah. 22 hours praying and wondering if I was going to live or die. But a beautiful part of that as terrifying as it is. And I remember someone saying, when a hurricane gets really loud and the building's shaking and vibrating into your body, and you think it cannot get any louder, it gets louder. I'm like, oh my gosh, so true. So never stay, never stay for a hurricane. But during that time, as dark and terrifying as it was, as it was, my husband and I and two dogs hunkered down in this little room, kept thinking, if I die, I'm so great. If I die, I'm so great. And I remember thinking, God, you have blessed my life beyond my wildest dream. 
I have gotten to be a mother and raise three amazing kids. I've got to have this career that is so fulfilling and I get to pour into people and people write me beautiful notes. Like as much as it was terrifying and sad and scary and even thinking about it with you again, I just remember having such enormous gratitude, how blessed I was, like everything of where I came from, I was able to full circle, multiply it and become what I didn't have. I not only had, but I had enough that I could give to other people. I got to live on a beach that I dreamed of for 30 years. Like I, I was terrified and I was grateful at the same time. And so we were lived there exactly 11 months to the day that the hurricane hit us. So crazy. But in, then like you have this attitude of gratitude, like as you're contemplating, am I going to make it or not? Like that's what, a pl- how do you get there? How do you get to that place where when the storm is coming literally for you, like this is not a figurative assessment, the storm is literally coming. How do you remain in that place? What is it about your life that's different than somebody else who just is ravished in fear? It's a good question, Amber. I think that a huge part of it is that I live every day to the fullest. I, you know, you and I have talked before about we've had hard starts. We had hard middles, hard beginnings, whatever it is. Maybe we're at the middle. Hard last weeks. Hard last weeks. Hard last half hour. Like it's what happens is you get to decide. It's like a practice of deciding that every single day. Am I going to be bitter or better? Am I going to be grateful or grungy or growling about this isn't fair? There's so much unfair in life. And I know sometimes people will say, why me? Why am I going through this hard thing? Like I'm a good person. And I always, whatever, God, I think God has a great sense of humor. At least our relationship is very humorous. And so when people say, why me through the hard stuff, my life was hard. I get used to the hard. I say, why me during the good stuff? Why did you bless me? Why do I have a husband that loves me so much? Why do I get a live at a beach? Why am I so? So I think it's like a practice of not only gratitude, but awareness to like, how am I going to choose to live today? Am I going to look at the storms? Because there's always storms, little and big. Am I going to focus on what didn't work out or I'm going to go, well, that was not what I was planning, but okay, what lesson do I have to learn? Like you said, you know, like what lesson can I learn in this and how can I use my disruption, my pain, my storm to help another person? Yeah. So I think it's a practice of living that way every day and living life to the fullest, knowing bad things will come, but also good things and that we can be part of the good thing. Yeah. And I think that was the you know, your be the exception is such a big part of who you are and your brand and what people know. And that is you're being the exception and finding the sunshine in the storm and, you know, looking for, well, where's the wind going to blow me next from the storm? Because that's part of it too, is that disruption, it destroys, but then it also gives the opportunity to build something new. And so as I know you're, you have written choosing to soar, yeah. And you're working on the cover and the launch and all that kind of stuff, which any aspiring authors in there, let me just tell you, like, first of all, if you're a first time author, you have to schedule your nervous breakdown in the middle of your book writing. But then after that, just understand that writing the book is not the heavy lift. You think it's the heavy lift, but it's not. It's everything else that, to go to market and get it out in people's hands and then promote it and market it. So here we are. But let's go back to like, what is Choosing to Soar about? Like, what are the principles that are in there that your readers are, can look forward to? Yeah, thanks, Amber. I I love acronyms because my mind, it's like, it's easy to remember a word. It's sometimes to, harder to remember a philosophy. And so I use storms as an acronym and I talk about getting still and silent in it. And, and people want you to kind of 
get over it or get on, but it wasn't until I was able to get calm and safe enough to get still and silent. So that's the S. T's about time. And you and I just had talked about that a moment ago that we have to give ourselves time in life and sometimes a lot of time and sometimes a little time based on the storm we're going through. So knowing that a healing journey can take a lifetime, especially when I meet people that have lost a loved one, in particular a child, I always say, nobody else gets to tell you how long you grieve. Right. For me, that time, giving myself time to heal, to get clear again, to get calm again, to make the beach feel safe again as it rebuilds and restores. R stands for reliable relationships. And Amber, mm. you are one of the many amazing people in my life, in particular friends and family, but that speaker community that mm-hmm. reached out, that checked on me, that followed up, that sent encouragement through text and calls and notes and donations. Those reliable relationships when you face a storm. O is about opportunities to learn lessons, to stay open, all of the things that what am I supposed to learn inside of this? You know, M is about getting motivated again. Like, how do I go? How do I get through this? Like, okay, what did I learn? Okay, how can I use my struggle, my pain to help another person? Or to even have, not even help, but just be compassionate for other people's storms and disruptions. And the final S I want to say is success, but it's not. It's about soaring. Yes. I was like, is it success? No, it's about soaring. It's about deciding the storm is part of my story, but rising above. So I always like to, I'm always fascinated when I meet people and I'll say, tell me your story. And whether they start with the best part or the worst part of their story. And I say, you know, say mental health. I work with a lot of people with mental health. And I say, your diagnosis is a part of who you are, but it is not who you are. Right. Your career is a part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. So getting to soar above the hard parts or the hard pieces of ourselves or our story. Yeah. You know, I, I, I joke often that me telling my teen mom story is like Adele singing hello again. Like, I mean, that's not who I am. Like that was so long ago. I'm 43 years old. I was 16, but it is such a compelling part of what catapulted me into a lot of different things. It's where a lot of my life lessons came from. And, you know, people like to hear the story because then they connect to their story that is you know that thing for them in their life but i'm always just super cautious to remind people like i am not a teen mom i am a 43 year old powerhouse businesswoman who owns two companies and like (laughs) drives my life right and i'm not saying that to boast i'm just saying like you can't be who you've been designed to be if you're constantly living in the past and another thing that is just really important to me and you know you, you definitely have known the crazy that's been my life for the past couple of years soaring above it now <laughs> praise be horrible <laughs> got my wings on today <laughs> yeah but whether you're a you know biblical person or not like here, here's the story so you know lot and his wife were asked to leave a detrimental environment and they were told to not look back and lot's wife turned around and looked back as she turned to stone And so we have to be mindful that, yes, this is a part of our story, but we can't keep looking back or we will get stuck. We will get stuck right there. And so just moving forward to your point, like that sore is such an important part of the whole process. I just love that that's, you know, I'm like, don't get stuck. You're going to turn to stone. And you're like, sore. I'm like, okay, so maybe Annie's the more motivational between the two. (laughs) Well, I was just speaking. Sometimes I'll tell people like, land, land back so you don't forget, but don't stare back. Yeah. Well, turn around and just stay there like that that isn't like i'll meet people 40 years after a divorce i'll say like, yeah i got divorced i'm like what when like are you all like 40 years ago he cheated on me i'm like okay 
We are moving. That is Ford. Like, look at you. Okay, like, let's go for it. Let's also, soar. That has everything to right. do with him and nothing to do with you. That choice had everything to do with what was going on inside of him. It had absolutely nothing to do with you. So, move and it's on. a sliver of your story, a sliver. So, soar above that. Don't let that define you. We all, you're right. We all have stories. And I love, like, this is a piece of why I'm so motivated, but it's not who I am. Yeah. This is who I am, not where I came from. Right? Yeah. Just like yours. And and th- your design in particular affords you to use this story to benefit the many. And, you know, in the speaker community, we all joke like, well, shoot, I wish I would have been bit by a shark. That's a great story for it to tell on stage. <laughs> we joke about it, but then it like really happened to you. And we're like, yeah, that was just a joke. We don't want any. Like, that's... No more stories. Yeah, no more <laughs> stories. Let's just have boring stories on stage. But I mean, like how uniquely positioned are you to take such a horrific thing that happened to a lot of people? I mean, my house got hit by the hurricane before I closed on it, you know, up in Venice. And that's about an hour north of you. And for you to be able to, you know, really have some growth from that fertilizer that at one point was a shiz show, you know, it's not just your audience's holistically it's specifically the people that surrounded you who are suffering the same thing that can connect to your message so i just want to honor that thank you it's really meant to be kind of a guide like a workbook so we started so when i'm teaching people about goal setting i'm always like assess to address so don't just say if i say do you want to set a goal saying yeah i should lose weight no that is not everybody's goal it's just what people think so let's assess what's working in your life in all the different areas so in this book it starts out with like 150 things we identify as storms. So there's a professional section, personal, and a literal. And we ask you to go through and say, you know, circle the ones that you have been touched by yourself directly or someone you love. So you can kind of have this assessment. And then we go back through those and we say, is this a category one? Like I have a bad hair day? Like I jokingly say, I can't be friends with bald men because they have never had a bad hair day. And it just pisses me off, you know? Then half of my guy friends are bald. But so, I won't tell Terry Brock. <laughs> I know, you have, don't tell. Like it can be, a, that can be a category one, like I'm having a bad hair date, right? Like that's not really going to ruin your whole life. You can fix your hair, but but there's category five. So first you address which ones you've been touched and then you categorize one to five. And then we go through the book and teach you, okay, so you lost your job. Okay, so you started a business. It didn't go as smoothly as you thought, or you had a breakup in a relationship, or you have a child that's an addict whatever those stories are, or you got hit by a tornado or a flood. And I never think Amber met a lot of people now in Florida that were touched by Hurricane Ian to varied degrees. But what you went through isn't less than what I went through to me because in that moment, it was all your stuff and lots of other people that I've met that are like, oh, I only lost a window or corner on my roof. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It totally disrupted your life. And for a moment, you felt unsafe or unstable. And you had a lot of work ahead of you that you did not schedule in your time. Yeah. And so- kind of a guide and a workbook and a, then it's got stories and applications for whatever storms people are get stuck in or they're just swimming. Like, I think I always thought, oh, I survive. And then as, as I became really a speaker, I realized I don't want to be a survivor. I want to be above that. Survival is about still holding your head up. Living is much more than just survive. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to teach and show and remind people with. Yeah, I love that. So what happens when you get the pushback, the person who just can't get past mentally that they're stuck and that they're, I don't, I want to be careful to not use the word wallowing because 
I mean, what is happening in their experience is very real to them. And the facts as they know them are very real to them. But maybe stuck is the right word. Like, so you ask them to be silent and still, and you ask them to understand that time will heal and to, you know, reliable relationships, such a huge one. I'm always talking about your people environment and how critical that is. Do they get stuck at the opportunities to learn lessons or do they get stuck at the motivation part? Like, where do people typically start to degrade? Like they get all excited and they're not really willing to let go. Yeah. I feel like I have 12 answers for this. So I'm kind of thinking, <laughs> what is the right one? The one thing that popped in my head based on what you just said is that I asked my audiences, when you look in the mirror, I said, when I look in the mirror, I think, oh my gosh, you are so good looking. People must be so jealous of you. They look at me and I go, isn't that what you do? And people will say, oh no, I always say I'm ugly. I always say I look bad. I always say, and so part of why people get stuck where I believe is they think that's what they deserve. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, this is again. as good as life gets. This is as good as life. It's not good. And I don't believe that. I think life is meant to be spectacular, joy-filled, wonderful, an adventure, exciting, tragic sometimes, but beautiful. And so I believe that I deserve to have a good life. I also believe everyone does. So when people come to me and they're like, oh, this happened to me, and especially when it's been a really long time, and I'm not talking about a loss. I'm talking about a loss of a job or a loss of an unhealthy relationship sort of loss. Or this person talked to me really rude. Who let them do that? And so I think it's when we start to shift, wait a minute, I deserve to be respected. I deserve to be heard. I deserve to have a good life. So I think part of it's that. And for me, to be honest with you, I I do love coaching people and I love watching people achieve. But I have let many clients go over the years because if they're not willing to do the work. Yes, ma'am. To do the work. I can't. I love you and I, I cannot take your money in good faith because it's not just money, it's time. And I've given you some encouragement. So we have to have that desire. And sometimes people are stuck because of mental health. And it's like, do you need medication? Do you need a therapist? I'm mm-hmm. a coach, not a therapist. So we have to be willing to do the work to get to the point that we can find the good in the hard stuff of life. And we have to believe we deserve. Yeah, that is so important. And I completely agree when I've gotten to, and I have a therapist that I work closely with. I mean, they can go whoever they want to, but you know, Sharon Gross, who's been on the show is in our community. And then we can work together on this person's life plan. But, you know, we are not ethically even allowed to go there, but it's it's not the right thing to do either. It's different skill sets. Coaching is more about like leveling up. And then, you know, therapy is more about solving problems. And not that we don't solve problems in coaching, but I mean like healing and, you know, more fixing is not the right word. I'm going to butcher this, but you know what I mean? Like there. Oh, well, I think therapy is about looking back and healing. Coaching is about looking yes. forward and growing. Thank so you. because I I'm all about go to therapy. I I also went to the therapist after the Same. hurricane. Let's go back. Let's try this again. Let's work through some things, right? And so we can look back and heal. Why am I having? Why is this so amplified? And we can look forward. And I don't want to by any means make a few listeners think the hurricane was easy for me. It was no. not. It still is not. But I know to look back and heal. And I know that coaching is about looking forward and what's next, Annie. Where are you going? So yeah. yes. So on that, I'm kind of taking a little segue here, but I know that you do, I mean, you do regular coaching. You've got a group coaching thing that's coming out, which I know is going to be spectacular, but you also do something called map life session. That sounds 
Like if I am in a space in life where maybe I'm just unclear, yeah, maybe I know I have a lot of opportunities, but I don't know what path to take, or maybe I don't see any opportunities and I just feel stuck. Like what is that process of a map life session? Yeah, actually it's so fitting for you and I, because I always visualize it as a map life is like being, being in Florida and the sun is setting and you're jogging, though I don't jog along the beach and the sun is setting and the waves are lapping and like everything is good and just beautiful. And then I stub my toe on a rock that I'm not looking at. And all I think about is the throbbing pain of that toe. And that's what a map life is. It's like you might have one area of your life like this is not working. I am not creative anymore. I only eat mac and cheese every night because I can't think of a new recipe, whatever your lack of creativity. And then you just focus on that one thing. But there is still a sunset and a beach and ocean of waves. So a life map, which I love to start people with, and I do these 90-minute life map sessions. And what we do is we assess 22 areas of your life. We talk about them. What's working? What's not working? Does it bring you joy or stress? And instead of deciding, oh, I need to work on this because other people told me, we let you self-reflect on not what you think other people think you should do, but what keeps you up at night? And what is your throbbing toe? What is also the beauty around you? So we celebrate what is working in your life and what is good. And then we talk about is that throbbing toe stealing from those other areas? So maybe that really painful thing involves another person, which we can never change. We can only change ourselves and how we have boundaries with that other person. But how do we take what is medium that we want to be better and increase that, whether that's our relationships, our creativity, our learning, or just our community? I meet so many lonely people and I'm like, have you met your neighbors? Have you baked banana bread? Have you made them chili? You know, do you play bocce ball or, or bunko or whatever it is? Like we can make our life. I believe I can make my life as joy-filled or as miserable as I choose. But will it be easy? Absolutely not. No. I didn't transform. I trans or I transform, not transcend it and do the work. Yeah. But yeah. I like that, you know, it's it's kind of become trendy in the past few years, but it's choose your hard. Like living a miserable life is hard. And then designing a life of your dreams is hard. Choose your hard. Like which outcome is more desirable for you and which hard are you going to commit to? Because life will never be easy ever. It's just not as long as there's friction, as long as other human beings exist with their own wounding and their own issues and their own biases and everything life, no matter your gender, your ethnicity, your, you know, and so I'm not taking away that sometimes life is harder for others than, you know, but it's hard for everyone. Everybody has their throbbing toe. I love that analogy because it's like I, such a distraction, like everything yeah. else in your body's working just right. But this toe is the only thing that your brain can zero in on. It's like exactly. full attention is right there. So yes. how do we get away from that? And so in this map life session, what, when they walk away, what is it that they fully walk away with? Like we've hit these 22 areas. We've figured out where the throbbing toe is. We talk through that. And then what's the charge once they leave? Yeah. So they pick like their three best, their three most challenging. And then we decide that might not be, but which of these 22, even if it's not your best or your worst, which is the one that wakes you up in the middle of the night or is on your mind before you go to bed and get up. And what can we do to work on it? So then we go through this courageous change, circle of change, and they they identify six very specific ways they could take step one to improve that. We talk about an assess, uh, accountability partner is not someone to shame you because we're already shaming ourselves. And they say, why are you doing that? Or why aren't you doing that? 
And it's also not someone to save you. They don't do the work for you. They support you on your journey. We teach them what that means and what that looks like. And by the end of that 90-minute call, they have one specific thing that they're going to start on and they commit to the day they're going to start on it. They commit to who's going to be their accountability partner. And sometimes I get hired as their accountability partner. Sometimes they have someone in their life they've chosen. Either way is fine. And we kind of set them up to succeed and take that first step forward to shifting. And first they remember what is good about their life. Then they decide what they're going to work on. We assess to address and then they move forward. And so, yeah, the life map is a powerful, people are like, oh my gosh, I was only thinking about that thing. I'm like, of course, we all do. It's easy to focus on the negative. Those books written Amber where they say you need three positive for every one negative. I'm like, are you kidding me? If I'm in an audience of a thousand at 999, right? You are amazing. And one writes you have ugly shoes. I am thinking about those dang ugly shoes on the way home. And I might pull over and buy stilettos that are sparkling that are going to kill my back because those one things, we negative fires our brain. We have to consciously choose to say, I will focus. I will look for the good in my life. You know, one thing that I often tell my, my clients or my audience members is like, we are wired to see the negative because that's survival, but the bear is no longer chasing. I have, I have AC. I I don't know about you, but I have air conditioning. I have central (laughs) heating as well. I I have a ergonomically correct chair and there is no lion coming after my family right now. I don't have to sleep with one eye open. I can take my melatonin gummies and sleep on my dual adjustable Tempur-Pedic cool top mattress and I'm fine. And so it's like when I get into that space, and of course, as somebody who is always forward thinking and trying to solve problems that don't even exist yet, because that's just the way my brain works, I have to like ground myself and be like, is, is this a real problem or is this a problem you've created to solve? Like, (laughs) are you bored? Do you need some, do you need some mind candy, Amber? Can you like find some problems that are real to solve? You know, I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves and and just be like, okay, I'm wired this way. It's it's my survival instinct as a human being. But what's real is this. So let's focus on that and let that go. Preaching to the choir, I know, and also living it myself. And when you go through those storms, the other thing that, you know, I don't know how you could have approached it in any other way, but you know, through my experience of COVID and my parents almost dying and the divorce and moving and all that kind of stuff, it really made me realize that the only thing that you can commit to really, like you can have a vision, trust me, I'm not any less of a visionary, but as somebody who had a background in marketing and public relations and events and communications, like everything's on a plan, like this is when it's going to happen. We back into the plan. These are all the little sub, you know, deadlines and everything. And so like you start to live your life that way. And God's like, (laughs) worry about the next step. And I love that that's what you do in your system. The map life is not like, and here's your strategic plan for the next year that could go haywire. Who knows? Because we can't guess tomorrow. Here's your next step. What's your next wise best step to get you towards the vision, not the goal that is so rigid and it can't be flexible at all, but like you see what you want for your life, the experience that you want for your life, for your business, for your relationship, whatever that is, what's just the next step. It's not that hard. And we make it so complicated, myself included. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and owning gyms for 12 years, working with thousands of clients, you realize one step is plenty. And one step of success makes it easier to take the second step. So we choose six, but we only work on one. And once we've done that for a month, not 30 days, but like if we're meeting the 1st of July, we're like, this is all we're focusing on July. And we're not doing it every day. We're doing it two days a week in the month of July. 
what do we want to do in August? We want to keep going or do something else. And one thing I wanted to say, because I know you probably have brilliant driven listeners, but there's always those few listeners that are like, holy cow, these two make it look so easy. And I always yeah. think of Nadia Omanichi and gymnastics. I was like, I'm going to do what she does because it can't be that hard because she practiced so much. It made it look easy. Yeah. And what I want to say is that Amber and I, you and I both have just this, this lifestyle, this mindset every day for years and years. And if it's hard for you or if you feel like, oh, it's easy for you guys. No, it's not easy for us. It's just that we've practiced so much. We've made progress. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not challenging. That doesn't mean it's not disruptive. And if you start, my whole thing is just start. And that's part of the life map is just start with one thing, just one thing. And even if you never told people, you know what? You can't talk to me like that. You know what? I can only spend an hour with you. You know what? I'm going to make a different choice or I am going to try a new recipe or whatever that is for you. That one thing you build on that it gives you confidence, right? We get stronger and go, wait a minute. I look, I glance back, not stare back to remember how far I've come and that I used to feel like nothing will ever get better. Today, I know things get better. It doesn't yeah. mean it's easy. But I love that about you too. I look at you as, with such admiration. You're so driven. You're so inclusive. You're such an encourager. Even when your plate is full, it's full of what you love. It's not busy. It's full. And you give from this place of abundance. And that's what I love. I love being a not only grateful, but generous person. And when yes. we're going through hard times, it's hard to be generous. So I love getting back. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's something that we all, at least your, you know, your inner speaker family, we all admired about you is that like you were going through this hell. I mean, true hell, but you took that opportunity to be generous with your experience and vulnerable about what it looked like in an effort to serve others when you, when we were trying to serve you. And we were just like, who is this woman? Like <laughs> And I just love that about you, but that's a, a testament to, you know, your own healing journey and you doing your work. And and that's part of it is when you get to that place where it doesn't make it any easier to survive. It just maybe puts some purpose behind it where it's, it's not soul sucking. It's hard, but it's not soul sucking. And that's, right. that's the difference. At least for me, I can't speak for other people. hundred percent. And I think Amber, one thing you said that just reminded me is like, you, you can't wait till you're in a crisis to practice these things. You have to practice them every day because as long as we're alive, there's going to be a challenge. There's going to be an obstacle. So how do we keep practicing the good stuff? So when challenges come forward for ourselves or people we love, we're strong enough to stand in the gap. We're strong enough to be there and hold each other up and support each other. And that's what I felt so much gratitude and do feel so much gratitude to the speaker community, Cigar Peg and NSA, yeah. that just, I felt surrounded in love and encouragement and people thinking about me. And I I didn't know one day to the next where we were going to live, what we we're going to do, how we were <laughs> going to get money to pay rent. We had just sold everything and bought this house thinking, okay, we're done. Life's going to be smooth. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. But that goes back to that goes back to reliable relationships. You did the work on the front end. You've invested in people. You took time. You've taken your energy. You've been generous to invest in those reliable relationships who then in turn showed up for you, not just for the party, but for the storm. And that's the difference between relationships and reliable relationships, um, because I have seen the not so reliable side of things. And, you know, you're like, okay, I know who my real friends are, you know, got it. Cool. 
That's good to know. That is that is good information. It painful, but it's good information because I'm not inviting you into my limo anymore if you can't get in the pinto with me for a couple seconds. Like limo's full with my annies of the world, just to be clear. So well, let's recap real quick while you I'm gonna ask you this question so you can stew on it a little bit. I forgot to tell you pre-show, but I ask every single guest, what is a parting piece of advice that you would give? A, a bombshell or a budding bombshell, a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business. And for those who are new listeners, that doesn't mean we don't fall down. That just means we get back up with that same refreshing boldness because we know our value and we know our purpose in life. And so if that's you on your journey, or if you're already there, or maybe you just need a little shot in the arm, we're going to get some advice from Annie. But while she's thinking that over, I just want to remind you of the acronym STORMS that can help you choose to soar. So S is to be still and silent. T is to trust in the time, time passing and time showing you things. R is for reliable relationships. O is for opportunities to learn lessons and to stay open to those lessons. M is to be motivated. How do I not only just get through it, but in turn show compassion to others and use this in service to others? And then S, of course, is the end game, which is soaring. And it's it's really saying, as Annie put so beautifully, the storm is part of my story, but I'm rising above it. It's part of my story. It doesn't define me. So I hope that you'll remember that. Of course, all of this will be in the show notes and we'll talk about where you can find Annie online. But um, let's go back to Annie and ask, what is that parting piece of advice that you have for our bombshell listeners? I really think one thing that allows us to be bombshells is having boundaries. <sighs> and as silly as it might seem, like I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned in life is I get to have boundaries. People are going to be like, that is not going to work out for you. You'll never be that successful. You're being silly. Oh my gosh, settle down. Don't have such a big vision. Calm down. And the people, mostly women, but I love men, but the women that I really admire in life, the true bombshells to me are people that said, I'm sorry, I can't, I don't have space for you. I don't have space for you in my life or in my head or in my mind. I will not listen to that. I'm flying and soaring above it. I would love for you to join me. And I'm more than happy to grab hands with you and let you soar with me. But please don't try to push me down. And, and having boundaries around cutting off those relationships, shrinking those relationships, shrinking those words, but boundaries around anything negative. Somebody said, kill ants. He said, I'm a pacifist, but kill ants. I was like, what does that mean? And he said, automatic negative thoughts. of a not of our own, and we need to stomp them out and don't let anyone else. And when I surround myself with positive, encouraging people, like, you go, Annie, you got this rather than, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? What? No, no, I don't, I can't do that. I need boundaries so that I can be bold and be a bombshell in the world, just like amazing amber i love um, that i love that annie this is such what a what a lesson in my life too like codependent no more that is <laughs> yeah. oh wow was that i was that codependent got it didn't didn't even know good to know exactly um, yeah. yeah so i know we can f- i always say find annie on linkedin linkedin is where we do business we're bombshell business women please go to linkedin and engage there Fill your mind with what happens on LinkedIn and step away from, listen, I like a good episode of the Kardashians like everybody, but we don't have to watch every reel on Facebook when you can be edifying yourself on LinkedIn. So find her there. She's Annie Meehan. Facebook, same. Annie Meehan speaking on Facebook as well. Twitter, Annie Meehan 6. Instagram, Meehan.Annie. 
And then YouTube is Annie Meehan as well. So all of this will be in the show notes. You can go to amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S, podcasts, plural, and look for her episode and you can get all of that there as well as you know how you can reach out to her if you want to do one of these map life sessions or if you want to get on her newsletter. I think you can tell she's a pretty positive person and somebody that you want to have in your space if you're looking for that that positive energy to fuel your life purpose forward. Annie, I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me, Amber. Thank you for listening. Great to be here. All right, Bombshell, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe. Make sure that you send this to somebody who needs to hear Annie's message. That is the best way that we can participate as bombshells together. We don't have a Facebook group. We we're, we don't do things like that because, you know, that's like we're all too busy for that. But what you can do to extend the community and nurture the community is to bring another bombshell into this particular episode because you thought of her or him and bless her with this today. And Annie is certainly a blessing to my life, to a lot of my friends' lives, and of course, to all the audiences that she serves internationally. So I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.